0: I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the godfather. Now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family.
1: VDW Group. No purchase necessary. where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
2: For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts. So you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus. You can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.
3: Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com.
0: It's my little escape.
3: Now Judy's the life of the party.
0: Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon.
3: Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs>
4: From the TOJ Digital Studios, this is Play Like a Jet, my name is Scott Mason You can follow me on Twitter at Play a Jet one And it is day number one of free agency, the official beginning of the league year We had the two-day tampering period, but now is the time that everything can be officially negotiated and officially signed And so to go over everything that happened on this first official day of free agency We bring in the owner, the operator, the lead reporter, the whole shebang over at JetsInsider.com, of course Above all of that, a very big deal, Mr. Chris Nimbley. Chris, a lot of news all over the place today Involving the Jets and the rest of the league So let's start with the biggest news involving the New York Jets And that, of course, is the re-signing of slot cornerback Brian Poole One year, $5 million A lot of people expected him to get more money than that Maybe a multi-year deal My suspicion here is that Poole looked at the multi-year offers None of them were that great He probably thought he was going to get closer to $10 million a year So in the end, he took the one-year deal Figured he played really well for Greg Williams last year If he does it again this year Next year, the salary cap goes way up because of the CBA And he can cash in with a multi-year contract Because at that point he will have proven that he could do it more than one year, that this wasn't a fluke, and that he actually was an excellent slot cornerback. So that's more or less why I think he stuck around for a lot less than people thought he would and that it was only a one-year deal. He's betting on himself.
5: Yeah, absolutely. He that's And look, the, I mean, the cornerback market is the one market that has kind of uh, exploded and gone over uh, what we've been expecting in some cases for the most part, but the slot corner just had the one year. He wasn't going to get anywhere near what some of these other, um, you know, Byron Jones or Bradbury's were going to get. But he almost assuredly looked around the market, didn't like the long term offers enough. So let me go back to Greg Williams, because that's the thing. We, we've been talking about this. Maybe it was just an outlier one year for him, but maybe he's just a better fit for Greg Williams defense than Dan Quinn's defense. And maybe that I would expect that you'll have to see a little bit of <clears throat> a little bit of regression from him this year. But uh pretty much no matter what. But if he can play, you know, eighty five percent of what he was last year, that's still really good. So he does that and then uh he can go ahead in next off and collect that big paycheck going forward.
4: So Poole is back in the fold Still nothing on Calvin Beachum, Jordan Jenkins or Robbie Anderson Last I heard It looks like Robbie Anderson Is sitting on an offer from the Jets From what I understand It seems to be somewhere in the Three year $30 million range They haven't budged They don't plan to And it's just going to come down to Whether or not Robbie Anderson Gets himself a better offer than that On the free agent market Tough to tell because the market looked cold, but Amari Cooper did get $20 million a year. So even if he doesn't get fifteen, sixteen million 16000000 a year, you would think that he could probably do better than what the Jets are rumored to have on the table for him. But we're going to find out soon enough, I suppose. He's got time to make this decision. I would assume that by the weekend, he's probably either going to make the decision or at least be close to it. So I guess we all have to hang tight and see what he does.
5: Well, first, uh, Robbie, if you're listening and, you know, we know you're listening. Mm-hmm. Um, can, just please make a decision, because once you make the decision, then you know that's the bulk of free agency being done, and uh, we can just start getting on with everything else. There, this is the last big domino, <laughs> um, unless they end up coming up with some type of trade or something. This is going to be the last big domino, last big signing, or you know, player that they're in on or not. Um, it's it's funny though, because I I my suspicion right now is this is probably going to play. He's going to make the same exact uh well the same had the same exact t- intent behind his decision to sign as brian Poole, but probably a different outcome where Poole came back because he wanted to continue with greg williams robbie anderson i think will likely take a short-term deal bet on himself going forward but probably do it somewhere else now <clears throat> maybe not. Maybe he will make the decision to, to come here. I would probably, I'm not confident he'll go elsewhere. I'd say maybe 55%. He goes somewhere else. 45. He stays. Um, but it's just, if I'm Robbie Anderson and I'm looking at the moves, the jets did right now. And I want to sign a short term deal. And I'm probably going to look elsewhere. Uh, we don't know what other teams are offering him right now. So who knows? And, Maybe nobody else is even coming close to the Jets' offer. <clears throat> um, I, I believe it was Manish. I saw uh, put out a report that, uh, or it might have been Samini. I should probably look at that. Uh, that they're waiting on Robbie and standing firm on their price because they don't want to feel like they're uh, bidding against themselves. That is only something that you feel or you say if someone's not getting other offers. If there's people out there going after him big, then you're not getting that feeling. So if that's the case, then maybe you could see him back here or there. But that's this is really the last big uh, thing that's gonna you know make any waves with fans and gonna get them upset or happy.
4: Dante Fowler signs a three-year, forty-eight million dollar contract to go to Atlanta. Interesting because he was picked a couple of picks ahead of Vic Beasley, who Atlanta got rid of, and now they go ahead and they get Dante Fowler to replace Vic Beasley. Dante Fowler last year began to blossom into the player that they thought Vic Beasley was in 2016 when he led the league in sacks. I really wanted the Jets to get in on this, and I think $16 million a year for three years is not that big of a deal for a pass rusher who's 25 and put up the performance that Fowler did last year. But Michael Nania did have statistics that showed that some of what Fowler did was based on some of the things that we were concerned about in regard to Vic Beasley, situations that were not easily going to be replicated. So I understand why Douglas didn't sign him, I probably would have tried to do it, but it seems like Douglas is not going to be in the market for paying big money to these free agents. He wasn't going to be paying $16 million a year to Dante Fowler, and so Fowler ends up going to the Falcons. Of course, everybody arguing over whether or not the Jets actually were in on Fowler at all. You had Connor Hughes from The Athletics saying, that it was a quote fact that Dante Fowler's people spoke with the Jets. You had Manish saying that the Jets never spoke with Fowler's people. I obviously have no way of knowing for sure, Chris. Maybe you have sources on this. Do you want to try and break the tie between Connor and Manish?
5: Yeah, I'm gonna stay out of this one. I, I don't have <laughs> a, uh, I don't have a uh, good feel on it either way. I I had heard that they were they were interested. I had heard that before. The legal tampering period really began though um and yeah i i'm also like with joe douglas here i haven't really worked my way into anything that uh resembles you know inner circle joe douglas quite yet so i can't confirm i'm 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 gonna take a step back and let them go ahead and duke it out themselves
4: Jets supposedly very interested in signing Vinnie Curry, 32-year-old defensive end, solid situational pass rusher for the Eagles, has ties to Joe Douglas. He was on the Super Bowl team. Apparently, there's an offer on the table, just a matter of whether or not Vinnie Curry wants to take it. I guess this is okay. Curry's still a solid player. But again, this goes back to what we were saying. I know that the smart strategy is to not... Spend big money on flashy names and free agency But they've got to get some pieces here, Chris Because, and we're going to get into this a little bit later More in detail This is Sam Darnold's third year And they've got to at least try to be competitive They're getting dangerously close To wasting that rookie contract window here
5: Yeah, and and this is the, the thing I'm, I'm fine with not paying Fowler I'm definitely fine with sipping out this cornerback market I'm fine with this general overall strategy that he's taken except I would have tried to get at least a, a little better than fant for that the other offensive linemen. I would have made sure I got two starting quality offensive linemen right now. He got one uh he got one in a maybe and that maybe's being feels uh generous right now. So I that's really my only thing that I'm gonna uh, knock him for right here. We'll wait to see what happens with Robbie. Um, you know if what the price is on it if he goes somewhere else. Uh, and at this point, I know that, and I I have heard this myself too that they really weren't <clears throat> interested in bringing back Jordan Jenkins. But at this point, maybe maybe you can convince Jordan Jenkins to come back on a short deal to work with uh, Greg Williams again too. At this point, that wouldn't be the worst thing. Um, but otherwise, the the only real thing I'm gonna uh, criticize Douglas for right now is they should. I think they should have gone for a, a you know, ponying up the money for Glasgow, and and then still sign McGovern could have played either one of them at center, and then the other one at guard. And you know, whether it's Conklin Glasgow, whatever, but somebody better than Fant as that second offensive lineman.
4: I agree I'm not going to go crazy on Joe Douglas For not paying Dante Fowler As I said, it's something I probably would have tried to do But I understand the rationale for not doing it And Vinnie Curry is a solid role player It's just that, as you said, Chris The offensive line especially But also, if you look at what's going to happen At wide receiver if Robbie Anderson does leave I'm not really sure exactly what it is the Jets are going to do I know they're going to draft some rookies and that's cool But I suppose the backup plan at this point Is Philip Dorsett You go into the season with Philip Dorsett and Jamison Crowder as your two starting wide receivers and some rookies that will probably take a little bit of time to develop. And then on the offensive line, let's just say that the scenario that we're all afraid of occurs, and those four tackles are gone by number 11, which could very well happen. You're going into the season right now on paper, and your starting five offensive linemen are Connor McGovern, George Fant, Chuma Adoga, Brian Winters or if they sign Greg Van Roten, which there's still whispers about, but nothing's close apparently. And Alex Lewis, that's not good enough. That's actually arguably just as bad as last year, because for whatever anybody wants to say about Kelvin Beacham, and I'm not a huge Kelvin Beecham fan, I think he's a really good person, I'm talking about as a player. He's at least an established starting left tackle. Fant has never been a full-time starter, and when he played in a part-time role, he wasn't very impressive. McGovern is an obvious upgrade and a pretty good one over what the Jets had, but you look around, Alex Lewis is a solid, around-average kind of guard. He's hurt all the time. If Winter sticks around, he's hurt all the time. Even if they get Van Roten, he missed five games last year. Neither of them is anything special anyway. Maybe at best, when they're healthy, they're around-average, Adoga we saw how poorly he played last year And even if you believe in him You can't go into the season banking on him Being a starter there So you look at the fact that they're going to have Very questionable weapons And you look at the fact that they're going to have Very questionable offensive linemen I know the plan here is to go into the draft And get everything you need there But the reality is Even if we accept that this is a two to three year rebuild, which maybe we say that that's necessary based on what Mike McKagan did because they have so many holes to fill and they have to be able to do this over a period of time, Sam Darnold's rookie window is going to run out. And then do you keep him? Do you sign him to a big extension? And even if you do, now you're paying him $40 million. It's a significant piece of your cap. Now you can't afford to go and pay other guys that you need to pay. When you have that rookie quarterback on the cheap contract, it makes it so much easier to win. It's not that the Jets can't win with him off the rookie contract, but essentially the way that they're playing it right now is a dangerous game because, like I said, that rookie contract is going to run out and these draft picks better be really good. This is the John Idzik strategy. That is exactly what Joe Douglas is doing. He's banking on the draft. He's pushing all his chips into the middle of the table and he is betting on himself to be able to deliver multiple impact players In his first draft I hope he can do it But boy that is one hell of a wager That he's taking
5: Yeah first let's start I want to start here with the uh, Idea of go Signing, uh, letting Robbie go And then signing Dorsett um, Imagine so you all the, oh, I just think of all the fans who didn't want to pay Robbie sc- screaming about, he's not a number one, he's not a number one. Well, then Jamison Crowder will be your number one, and Philip Dorsett's your number two. How, how does that sound? That sound good? Because that, that, that doesn't sound appealing to me. Um, But, yeah, that's that's the whole thing with this. I get the need to cleanse everything about the McKagnon uh, era. And, and the Idzik era, and even the end of the Tannenbaum era. Like, I get the need to like try to hit a hard reset on the way everything is done, but you have this promising young quarterback going into year three, and I think even all the, the people who have the most belief in Darnold out there, and I think all of us can agree, this is – pretty much pretty close to a make or break year for him if they can't get an offensive line to protect him enough and then he he just doesn't have enough of a chance not, he might not be able to come back from that no matter what um maybe he can maybe maybe not you know everybody's different but you have to consider that and so I get doing that for everything else but I just it they're not taking enough chances with the offensive line and you could have been willing to do one overspend and every, and then just on the offensive line and then gone and then everything else the same. There's, they're not in such bad dire cap shape that they couldn't afford to overspend or not even really over just match what Glasgow got like that. Even if Glasgow turns out to be really bad, that's not going to really put a dent on their cap going forward. They'd be able to easily maneuver around that. So I, you just needed to do that specifically, specifically for Darno, but also again for the running game because Le'Veon Bell is not. We can't have two years of wasted Le'Veon Bell. Like this is this is maddening and. He knows the importance of offensive line, so I assumed he'd be willing to at least do one, you know, bigger move there. Um it again, in the long term, this that could end up working out, but could it end up working out at the expense of Darnold? Um who knows? It's just I I just would've liked to see him try try a little more on the offensive line.
4: Going through the rest of the Jets-related news for today, they missed out on Desmond Trufant. Apparently, the Jets were interested at one point, then decided... That they didn't want to get in on the bidding too deeply He ends up going to the Lions Two years, $21 14 guaranteed Not that bad Trufant hasn't been what he was the last year or two He's been on a downward slide a little bit There's a reason why he was released by the Falcons But the Jets do need corners So I could have understood why they would have been in on this Brandon Shell ends up going to Seattle So this is kind of funny, Chris It ends up being a swap of sorts Where George Fant goes from Seattle to the Jets and Brandon Shell goes from the Jets to Seattle. Also, the Jets were looking at Anthony Brown as a backup plan in case they didn't get Brian Poole back. He stays with the Cowboys on a three-year deal. The Jamal Adams, om- from what I remember... Part of the offer that the Cowboys had on the table for Jamal Adams would have involved Anthony Brown, who I assume they would have tried to sign to some sort of extension because I'm not sure why they would have wanted to rent him necessarily, but he ends up staying in Dallas and then Tremaine Johnson officially cut. The way that this is going to work is they carry a $4 million dead charge on the 2020 cap and an $8 million dead cap hit on the 2021 cap. Chris, this is one of the provisions of the new CBA that helped the Jets instantly.
5: Yeah, it helps them free up some money instantly now. you know, They're not exactly going around spending huge money, uh, but it helps them now. They'll get that uh, bigger cap hit next year, but again, the cap will go up, take a significant jump next year after they sign the TV deals. Um, But obviously, uh, Jets fans are just happy they don't have to watch them anymore. Uh, at least in, in the Jets' uniform. So uh, still remains to see what they do at, uh, to fill. Even we're going to assume, bless Austin is a starting outside corner, remains to be seen what they do uh, with the other one. They brought back Pool for the inside. They're going to go turn to the draft for the other guy. We'll have to wait and see. But the whoever it is, at least it'll be somebody new. Even if he's as bad as Tremaine Johnson, <clears throat> at least it'll be a new fa- a new name for fans to be uh, angry about. And that'll make them a little bit happier than having to deal with Tremaine anymore.
4: <laughs> uh, couldn't even look at Tremaine Johnson anymore. So glad to see him go. Another productive day for the Jets here as they get their slot cornerback. And we wait to see what happens the rest of the way because they do still have some holes to fill before the draft comes up Going around the league, Chris, Gerald McCoy signs a three-year deal with the Dallas Cowboys, so that's another add to that defense. It's interesting, Gerald McCoy, not quite what he used to be, but should have some useful years left. Dallas really seems to be going all in here between him and then bringing back Amari Cooper and assuming that they're going to get a new contract for Dak. They're really trying to make a push in the NFC going forward. Now they're going to have to deal with Tom Brady, among other things. So they really had to get their ducks in a row. And it seems like they're putting the pieces in place for a run at that NFC East.
5: Yeah. yeah. The Cowboys, you know, they had to make sure they they had two big things they had to do this uh, offseason. That was Dak and Amari. They just got the franchise tag with Dak. So um, and then obviously they lost Byron Jones. That's going to hurt them defensively but they kind of backed themselves into the corner with the previous deals that they gave out of Ezekiel Elliott and all their offensive linemen. But adding <clears throat> adding a, a player like McCoy on the defensive line, you know, five years ago, that would have been a huge difference maker. Right now, you, you, you're going to get less out of him, uh, a little less, uh, I mean, definitely a lot less consistency out of him. But he could still probably make some plays to help him. Um, and, you know, the Eagles haven't done anything to uh, improve themselves this offseason. The, the Giants are still the Giants, and Washington's still Washington. So right now, Dallas is, looks to be uh, in the driver's seat for that division right now. But we said that last year, and we know how that turned out.
4: Details of Teddy Bridgewater's contract came out. $40 million guaranteed in the first two years, including a $15 million signing bonus $8 million salary, fully guaranteed So 40 of the $63 million that he signed for Fully guaranteed I do like this move for the Panthers As we said yesterday I think Teddy Bridgewater should be good there And I like what he'll bring to the table It'll be a new look offense, obviously But we'll see how he does now with Matt Rule The Patriots lose Danny Shelton to the Lions Two years, $8 million So once again, it's Matt Patricia Going and grabbing somebody off his old team and here's an interesting one, Chris. This is typical Bill Belichick. Tom Brady, Danny Shelton, Kyle Van Noy, Jamie Collins all gone. Guess what? They're going to be getting comp picks in 2021 for all four of those guys. So that should certainly help them rebuild off of some of the older players that left. Shedding some light on why the Houston Texans decided to trade DeAndre Hopkins in addition to all the things we were talking about. Diana Rossini of ESPN reporting that The Texans were told that Hopkins wanted a new contract in the range of $18 to $20 million a season. They were told he would not show up if he didn't get a new deal. And so we saw what happened there. He's now in Arizona, so it'll be up to them to give him a new contract. Ted Karras goes to Miami, one-year, $4 million deal. So another Patriot player goes to join Brian Flores. It seems like Brian Flores and Matt Patricia really like to go after their ex-players in New England Eric Reed gets released by the Carolina Panthers they're going in another direction there big trade here with Jacksonville they trade Nick Foles to Chicago for a fourth round pick Matt Nagy likes Foles knows him from their time together in Kansas City when Foles was the backup to Alex Smith I don't love this deal for Chicago because I feel like they could have done better but when I looked at the contract I The Jaguars ended up paying the bulk of the guarantees in year one. There's no guarantee on the contract beyond 2020. The last two years of the deal are essentially at the discretion of the Bears, so it ends up being a glorified one-year $15 million deal. I still think they could have done better. Maybe they could have gotten Cam Newton, but it's not the worst thing in the world when you consider What he had left on the contract in terms of guarantees And if Matt Nagy likes him He'll compete with Trubisky I assume he'll beat Trubisky out Because even though Foles isn't very good Trubisky's worse And maybe Nick Foles is decent enough To get the Bears back into some sort of contention Because that is a pretty solid roster overall It's just the quarterback is the weak link there
5: Yeah, I still hate the move Because I I just would have gone after a better quarterback if they were just bringing Foles just to be a backup, then all right, cool. But they're they're trying to get somebody to come in and compete and beat out Trubisky. Uh, and while Foles can and should pro- probably do that, that's not good enough to really make a mark. Uh, you know, maybe they can make the the playoffs with Foles. Uh, they have enough talent on that team. Defense is good enough, um, but. They're not, I, I, I don't see them going anywhere with Nick Foles as their quarterback in the playoffs. I, I don't think he's going to get a hot on a second uh, playoff run. But, I, you know, who knows? Maybe they will. So. Uh, but, yeah, I just don't like it. I would have gone for uh, plenty of other moves there. Cam Newton. Now, I, I did see somebody say that they might still be interested in Cam Newton. The, the problem with Cam right now is they can't bring him in for a physical. So teams don't really know what to do with that. Um, and giving him, you know, they're not just giving him a cheap contract. It would it would be uh, not super expensive as far as starting quarterbacks go, but it would be expensive. I probably still would have done that, but, you know, that's me.
4: So Gardner Minshew now left as the starting quarterback for the Jaguars. I kind of like that. I liked what I saw from Minshew last year enough to roll him out there and see what he's got this coming year. Jaguars are loaded with draft picks now. They've got two first-rounders, a second-rounder, a third, three-fourths, two-fifths, two-sixths, and a seventh, and they may trade Yannick and so if they do that, they'll get more picks there. And they have two number one picks in 2021 as a result of the Jalen Ramsey deal. So the Jaguars clearly in rebuild mode. They are tearing it all down. Former Bears top 10 pick Leonard Floyd signs a one-year deal for $10 million with the Rams. Could be worth up to $13 million with incentives. He was somebody that disappointed in Chicago. They got rid of him rather than paying him his fifth-year option. We talked about him possibly being worth a flyer for Joe Douglas and the Jets, but instead he goes to the Rams and he is going to replace Dante Fowler, who, as we mentioned earlier, signed a three-year, $48 million contract with the Atlanta Falcons Eli Apple, formerly of both the Saints and the Giants Signs a contract with the Las Vegas Raiders Sean Davis, former Steelers safety Goes to the Redskins on a one-year $5 million contract Chris Harris ends up getting a deal with the Chargers Apparently he had been offered a contract by the Raiders But decided he didn't want to play there Bengals sign guard Xavier Suafilo To a three-year $10 million contract The ageless Andrew Whitworth signs a three-year contract, Chris. Incredible that he signs a three-year deal. Makes me wonder what's going to end up happening with Jason Peters. Is he going to end up getting a two- or three-year deal like Costanzo or Whitworth? We're going to find out soon enough. Still wish that the Jets would go out and sign him so that they have a proven commodity at tackle, but I'm starting to get the impression that my pleas are falling on deaf ears. The Cardinals signed former Lions linebacker Devin Kennard to a three-year deal. Malcolm Jenkins, one of the key pieces of that Philadelphia Eagles Super Bowl run who they released yesterday rather than pay – Going to turn 33 this year, and he's going to turn 33 as a member of the New Orleans Saints. So he signs a brand new 40-year, $32 million deal, up to 35 max. So there's incentives there. $16.25 million guaranteed. Interesting move for the Saints, who are in win-now mode. Bengals guard John Miller, who was released earlier in the day by the Bengals, signs a one-year, $4 million deal with the Panthers. So he goes to play with Matt Rule. Mercedes Lewis looks like he's going to stay with the Packers on a one-year $2.25 million contract. And finally, more and more whispers now about Darius Slay getting traded after this Desmond Trufant signing happens with the Detroit Lions. I just want to put this fire out right now. Don't expect Joe Douglas to be in the running for Darius Slay.
5: (laughs) As I was listening to you uh, go through all those names, I was just waiting uh, for Darius Slay, so I could just chime in and be say, nope, don't expect it to happen. I I said before free agency started that, you know, <clears throat> I was hearing some conflicting things, but a lot of what we were going with was speculation. But a big reason for that is this is Joe Douglas's first time in the big chair, and that we're going to learn about Joe du- a lot about Joe Douglas, the GM. From how he handles this free agency, I'm good now. I I don't I don't need to know anymore. I I got the information I need. I feel like I know Joe Douglas very well as a general manager and his strategy moving forward. <clears throat> so I do not see them getting in on Darius Slay. Uh, that I I don't think he's going to give up the draft capital or the the actual cash capital. So we'll we'll see what happens, but. I wouldn't count on that.
4: I certainly wouldn't be counting on that. Or Trent Williams. People keep talking about Trent Williams. If you look at the pattern of what Joe Douglas has done, I just can't see him trading a second-round pick and paying the kind of money that Trent Williams is looking for. If Trent Williams comes down on his salary demands and if the Redskins are willing to ask for less in return, maybe. But I don't see that happening. And even if that did happen, Joe Douglas just seems like a guy who isn't really looking to spend huge money on players that he didn't draft himself. So we'll see what happens, but I wouldn't be banking on Trent Williams, and I 100% wouldn't be banking. I wouldn't even be thinking about Darius Slay at this point. Chris, thanks so much for joining me to take a look at what went down on day number 1 of official free agency we'll be back to talk about all the latest happenings that go on tomorrow in the meantime i know you've got plenty of material up at your website jetsinsider.com
5: yeah i haven't decided exactly what i'm going to write uh, first thing tomorrow morning so uh but i'm i'm going to do that so there'll be something good up there uh, i i guess i'll just do a little you know teaser like that go ahead and check it out tomorrow um and it'll be up there i got a couple of different ideas planned uh just going forward and taking a look at this roster uh but there's still a lot of question marks we like i said i feel like we got a good sense for joe douglas as a general manager but that opens up more question marks about where this team goes from here so i'll be diving into those questions a lot later uh in the next few days
4: Make sure that you follow Chris on Twitter at CNimbly and at Jets Insider. Read his very big deal work at jetsinsider.com. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts, you know where to go. That's Turn of the Jets Digital and Turn of the
1: With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.